Judges chapter 1. Judges chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. We're going to read through them. It says, After the death of Joshua, the Israelites asked the Lord, Who? Turn to the person next to you and say, Who? Who of us is to go up first to fight against the Canaanites? The Lord answered, Judah shall go up. I have given the land into their hands. I'll repeat that one more time, just for good measure. And the Lord answered, Judah shall go up. I have given the land into their hands. Hmm. I wonder how we would fight if we knew that the battle, the battle was already won, the victory is already ours, the promise was already there. I have given the land into their hands. The men of Judah then said to the Simeonites, their fellow Israelites, come up with us into the territory that's allotted to us to fight against the Canaanites. We will in turn go with you into yours. So then the Simeonites went with them. Verse 4, when Judah attacked, the Lord gave the Canaanites and Perizzites into their hands. And they struck down 10,000 men at Beset. Lord, I pray right now that you would speak to us now. That your word would come alive and that you would encourage our souls through your living word that never fails, never withers. We look to you today to speak to us now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And before you sit down, give someone a high five and give them my sermon title. My sermon title is Faith to Fight. Come on. Faith to Fight. Faith to Fight. So this week we had um, house church at my house and it was incredible. Um, we just had a great time coming together, going over last Father's Day, last week's sermon. Were you here for Father's Day? It was an incredible moment where I saw every man in this church come up to the front and make a dedication to lead his family, make a dedication to be a man of God and to do what God has asked him to do. And I thought it was the most beautiful thing I had ever seen. And listen, I'm telling you this, I did not know we had that many men in this church. Come on, did not know we had that many men in this church. We were in our house church and one of the ladies said, I didn't know we had that many men in church because all the women serve and the men don't. Leave it to a woman to, count, to call you out when you're making progress, I'm doing better, I took a step. Sorry that I ate some bread today. Sorry that I fell back into the meal plan and ate a piece of cake. I'm sorry. It was a good time. We were in house church. Uh, for those of you who don't know, house church is where we get together and we get to break down God's word. We have pastors that lead those homes because the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47 that pastors lead homes and break the word apart for people that have questions and they eat together and they pray together. And we have a system here called house church where you can get involved into a community of people that are by you, that are led by a pastor from this church. Yeah, come on, put your hands up. That's good. And they'll pray for you. They'll open up God's word. And 
I remember we were sitting around and all the men were talking. And it was a beautiful thing. It was like literally just men talking about how God called them and I thought it was just awesome. And then like a sign from heaven, thunder started to roll. And I looked around, I didn't know what was going on, but all of a sudden I could see the lights flickering just a little bit. And I realized that I had seen a weather alert earlier saying that a thunderstorm was on its way to our area and that it was gonna be severe and that it was gonna be a lot of wind and a lot of rain. And I think that night, 95 mile an hour winds kind of gusted through the north side of Houston. Tree limbs fell, my fence was hanging by a nail, I mean, just wild stuff. But I remember, I remember driving that night after everyone left and realizing that a lot of streets had their lights turned on. That because of the storm, people were dealing with darkness. And I, I went on to Facebook because that's where everyone likes to tell their business. And I wanted to see which one of my friends went on Facebook pulled out a candle and was telling everybody that they were in darkness and that they were toughing it out and that they didn't have AC. Listen, in Houston, if you don't have AC or light, that's a difficult day. It's a difficult time. So I just wanted to see who it was so that I could pray for them because there was nothing I'd be able to do for them, but I could pray for them. And I saw so many of my friends, they had experienced the storm in, in a way that I didn't experience it. And so because of that, they were dealing with darkness and what, what I want to tell you today is that I think that some of you in here are dealing with trouble, dealing with different, different storms, different problems in your life that are different than mine. Yours are different than the person next to you. And, and we may not know this, but you're dealing with, with a loss of power. You know what it's like to feel weak, like those people who lost their power, maybe You've lost physical power, the, the will to move forward, the desire to continue pushing on. Maybe you know what it's like to feel like you've come to the end of your own strength. Maybe, maybe you know what it's like to work hard and yet feel unfulfilled because what you're working for isn't really helping your family and you're tired. Any tired people in here? Anybody dealing with a lack of power because you feel like this world has taken it out of you. It's beat you down a little bit and the trouble that you face is, has done a number on you and maybe today you, you feel powerless and you feel stuck in darkness and maybe maybe it's not really deep darkness maybe, but, but you feel not with the same power you had maybe a couple days ago and maybe you feel unable to move forward because a storm hit, trouble came and if there's one thing I've learned in life is that you are either in the middle of a storm, coming out of a storm, or going into a storm. A storm is always coming. Troubles are always happening. The question is, what do you do when the problem hits? What do you do when it gets difficult at work? What do you do when you get the bad report? What do you do when you feel your body giving in to its old age. I wake up and I'm sore. Why am I sore when I wake up? You're telling me what the soreness I feel now that I used to get when I would play for hours and hours basketball. Now I get that if I sleep in the wrong direction. 
Do you know what it's? No, I'm the only person willing to admit that my back hurts from standing a little bit too long. Just standing there right now, my back hurts, guys. You have the gift of healing. Just, just in, right where you're at, just pray. I know what it's like to face trouble, and I know what it's like to feel powerless, and I know what it's like to deal with trauma and trouble, and maybe you do too. Maybe you know what it's like to have friends turn their back on you. Maybe you, know, maybe you know what it's like to have betrayal happen. Maybe you know what it's like to have people who you used to think were very close to you abandon you. Maybe you know what it's like to be in a marriage that, that's, that's lost its love. Maybe you know what it's like to have children and think that children are happiness and then you have them then you realize they give you more work to do and they're always asking you for things and they cost more money and they don't understand that you can't always go to the groceries and keep bringing all their favorite snacks that you have a budget and they want to go to Target all the time and buy dresses and they want to buy shoes and crowns and maybe that's just me and my daughters and how they do things with me but maybe you know what it's like to feel used up and unable to move forward in this scripture, in Joshua, in this scripture, we find Joshua, his leadership coming to an end. We've been in a series called The Promised Land, and this series has been incredible. It's been an awesome insight into what is it like to pursue the promises of God. And maybe you don't know this, but God has promises for you. He has things that he wants you to experience. He has, he has things that he wants you to to, to, to deal with here on this earth that will move you and shape you into the person that he wants you to ultimately become. He has all this for you, but these promises, they're good, and yet it requires pursuit. Promises require pursuit. And we started in Genesis, and we were, we were going through Abram, and we were, we were talking about, and we're going to go back to Abram, but I felt compelled to share this from Judges. This is last week. We ended the sermon in Joshua chapter 24, the end of, of the moment where Joshua is in the promised land. He's finally made it. Remember, we're in Genesis, Exodus. Then we get into Joshua where he's finally into the promised land and he's telling the people to follow God and to serve him. And he's calling out men to serve God. And he's calling out men to be examples of godly men in their homes. And, and they make covenants and they make promises that day to follow God and to follow him closely. And the Bible says at the end of the book of Joshua, they, they go into their inheritance. They finally make it to the promised land. Now we're going to backtrack in the next couple of weeks and we're going to go back to Abraham. And we're going to go to Moses and we're going to get into Egypt and we're going to see what it's like to be under oppression and what it's like to deal with different kinds of struggles like that and what God is trying to do when he moves the people. Because that is the story that we're in. The story that we're in is so appropriate for, for the season that we're in as a church. God is creating a people for his own use on this earth and he's moving them. He's moving them from a place where Abram was and, and, and where he settled in Ur and he's moving them to Canaan to a promised land and throughout this 500 year travel because spoiler alert getting to God's promises takes time it doesn't happen overnight I can't go to the gym for one week and wonder where my abs are at can't do it I can't go two weeks, I can't go three weeks. 
I can't wonder why my guns ain't out there and showing off because I'm not lifting weights. Every, there is time, there is effort that's needed. And, and God is building up his nation and he's doing it in such a way that's going to require them to give time, effort, understanding what it's like to deal with troubled times and dark moments because he's building up a people that are resilient, that know how to get through trouble. And we're going all the way back now to Judges instead of going to Genesis just for today because last week we ended in Joshua and I felt like this is the story I had to share for today. In the book of Judges, after the death of Joshua, who is Joshua? Joshua is a leader that took over for Moses. After the Exodus, when the people were enslaved, Joshua and Moses led the people out of Egypt. Joshua's been there since the Exodus, but Moses is long gone and Joshua has been leading. It's funny, if you read the first verse in the book of Joshua, it says after the death of Moses. And now we get into Judges and it says after the death of Joshua. I love that because what it teaches me is that new beginnings don't necessarily happen how you like them to. This is telling us that what God is about to do next in the people of Israel happens at the death of their great leader. And if you go back to the book of Joshua, Joshua and his people going into the Canaan and crossing over into the promised land to take hold of the promise happened after the death of Moses. And what it's teaching me, and what I want to teach you is that pursuing God's promise will often come at the cost of facing problems. And when you're pursuing God's pro—sorry, uh, when you're—I heard something go off. I wanted to answer that. When you're pursuing God's promises, you will often have to face great problems. Here in these two books, the greatest problem is the death of something. Not just anyone, a great leader. Moses led the people out of Egypt. They followed him, they trusted him. Moses would connect with God. He would go on Mount Sinai and meet him face to face. Moses ushered in the law, God's law for his people, the Ten Commandments. Moses was a part of the building of the tabernacle. And the start of Joshua is, you can't enter the promised land unless you learn to let go of Moses. You gotta let go of the things that have died. You gotta let go of the things that are long gone. And you gotta trust that just because something is no longer there does not mean that my promises are done. And God is speaking to his people and he's saying, we have things to do and we got areas to conquer and we got places to go and enemies to fight and we won't fight them if you are busy mourning Moses. There are things in your life that are keeping you from, from experiencing what God wants from you because you keep mourning the loss of it. Relationships and people and jobs and opportunities. You're so upset that they're no longer there. And because of that, you're missing what's in front of you. Hallelujah. 
The book, the start of the book of Joshua, the start of the book of Judges is there to encourage us that no matter what's happened in the past, no matter how much you've lost, no matter how much you're struggling to let go of what you are losing currently, in this dark moment, you still have steps to take. You still have a place I want to take you. You still have things I want you to accomplish. You still got enemies that you got to wake up and fight every single day. Hey, you still got a job to go to. You still got kids that you have to raise. You still have a family that you have to be faithful to. You still have friends that you got to pray for. You still got parents that you still got to take care of. You still have responsibility. Like we cannot, in the pursuit of God's promises, allow what we lose to keep us from what's coming. Before you go into the promised land, stop mourning Moses. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Now we get into judges and the people that are left. They don't have a leader anymore. Joshua was the leader. That's why it's called judges. Now they were led by judges and, and these men that would judge the nation. There was no great leader anymore. It was a new era. It was completely different. And, and I love that the Bible tells us this. Up front, this is a time of new beginnings. It's not the same. It's not going to feel normal anymore. It's going to have some things that you're not used to. But it does not mean that I'm not with you. It does not mean that my plan is still not perfect. It does not mean that you won't make it or you're not strong enough. And maybe, just maybe, if we're going to pursue God's promises, it's going to come with the decision that we make to not let the things that we lose the things that we suffer through stop us from continuing to move forward. It says, after the death of Joshua. Wow, what a way to start the book. After a crisis, after loss, after a state of confusion, after experiencing pain, after facing uncertainty, we still got things to do, guys. What have you lost that has kept you from pursuing what God has for you? What have you been mourning that you now are blind to what's coming? Stop living in the past. Start moving forward. Moses is dead. Joshua is dead, but God's promises aren't. Yeah. They're not. After the death of Joshua, the Israelites asked the Lord, who of us is to go up first to fight against the Canaanites? In a moment where they could have been weak, in a moment where they could have decided to give up, in a moment where they could have decided to not move forward and to make peace treaties with the enemy in the moment where they could have decided to make peace with the people that God wanted them to take over. In that moment where they could have compromised, they stood up and asked the Lord. I love that because in those moments when you face trouble, who do you go to? In those moments when you face difficult times in your life, who do you approach? Who do you contact? Who do you ask for advice? Is it Oprah? 
Is it a Twitter poll, a Facebook chat? Is it an Instagram question? Or is it the Lord? At this moment, when they're facing a crisis, here's an answer to every moment when you face crisis. Here's the answer, here's the antidote. Pray. Pray. There's this verse in the book of Psalms, I don't have it on top of my head, I love it. David is going through a crisis, people are coming against him, and he says, but I am in prayer. You remember, Gary, I preached that once. No matter what's happening, David says, but I'm in prayer. That's the antidote. Prayer. Trusting him. Sacrificing your need to have answers. I'm a control freak. I need to have answers. And here they are. They don't have them. And they're inquiring of God. This is what they ask. It's awesome. Who of us? Who of, uh, look, I love the Bible. I'm a Bible teacher. I went to Bible college. I love these little things that are here. Who of who? Us. The reason that that's important for us is because so often whenever we come to a fight, we don't want to fight it. So often when we come against opposition, we kind of ask the Lord to let someone else fight this fight, please. God, if there's any other way, you can have someone, please. There was such boldness here in these people. And what's great about this book is that we see a people who start off on the right track. The book of Joshua reveals that victory, success, progress, all of it, it's all a result of trusting God and following him consistently. That's, that's the book of Joshua. The book of Judges is completely different. Judges shows us that defeat, failure, and retrogression, falling back a couple steps, they happen when we fail, when we fail to obey God. This story starts off fine, but it doesn't end well. What they're doing here is they're saying, let us go up and fight. Who's gonna fight? Who's gonna fight? Now, there's a movie that I love, if you've been here long enough, you know that I love movies. It's a movie called Glory. Yeah. You ever watched Glory with Matthew Broderick, Morgan Freeman, Denzel, who loves movies? No, no movie lovers in here. Okay. Watch Glory. It's a true story about the first, what was it called? The first African-American troop that was fighting in the war. It was the first one. They were called the 54. That's what they call the 54. Troop 54. I love this movie. Denzel's in it. Morgan Freeman's in it. Bueller's in it. Bueller. Anybody from the 80s? Bueller. This movie's so awesome because these men, no one believed in them. No one thought they could fight. No one thought they could win any part of any battle. And yet at the end of the movie, they become such an incredible fighting force. And there was a stronghold. There was a fortress that needed to be taken down. And without it, they could not win the war. And all of the generals gathered, and they said, so what's, what's the plan? The highest general turns and says, well look, 
we got to send in at least one troop first to open up the path for us. The problem is, is that that troop is going to probably not make it. But it's necessary. So all the, the commanders look around. Who's going to do it? Matthew Broderick says, the 54 will lead us. And I love that movie. Because you see the courage in these men. Knowing that they might die. The probability is very high. And they fought for people who didn't believe in them. And it was because of them that they opened up the way into the fortress. They said, send us. We'll go first. In this scripture, these men are asking, who's going to go up first? Meaning we know that we got to go and we got to fight. We get it. But who, Lord, should go first? Because we know whoever goes first, probably going to get beat up. Probably going to incur a lot of damage. Who's the courage of these men? Listen, in the midst of a crisis, it'd be great if you had a little bit of courage. In the midst of dark time, it'd be great if you dug down deep and found some courage. In the midst of moments where you don't know what to do next, it'd be, it'd be incredible if you were to search within yourself and find some courage and say, hey, you know what? I don't care what's ahead of me, what I face. I don't care the odds, what other people say. I'm trusting God, and I'm trusting Him enough to take the first step. I'm trusting Him to be the first one to move. That's the difference. There are people that will follow, and there are people that will lead. And I'm talking about being the kind of people, the kind of church in this community, in this city, that will be the first. See, I'm stepping out. We're coming out, and we're letting people know that we're not afraid of what's ahead of us. We don't care what people say. We're gonna spread the gospel of Jesus to every street and every corner. And some people may not like it. Some people may not like the way we do it, but we don't care. We're going first. Because if we go first, change is coming next. If we go first, we're gonna open up some doors and set some people free in our community. If we go first and if we dig down deep and we don't become cowards and actually have courage, then maybe we'll see God do something through us and the sacrifice that we have. They said, who will go first? The Lord answered them and said, Judah. Judah, the tribe of Judah. Okay, you wanna know who's gonna go? The tribe of Judah, they'll go. They shall go up because I have given the land into their hands. What if the battle is already won? What if the struggle is just part of the story? What if what God wants to do is dependent on what you're willing to do? He says, I have this battle already won. I'm going to let Judah go because I've already given it up into their hands. When I look at this scripture, when I see what God is trying to do, I wonder if he's trying to get some truth into us today that no matter what we face, 
No matter what we're up against, no matter how much we struggle, God has already won the victory for us. He's just waiting for us to take a stand, step up, and say, I'm going to fight. I'm going to stick to this. I'm going to do what he's asked me to do. That is what God is asking here of these people. It's very obvious that God wants to speak and show himself in their life. And he says, I'm doing this, but I'm giving you a word. I love it. God doesn't just say, okay, good, go, go fight. He says, you need to fight from the recognition that you've already won. That's right. And listen, I just, the other day, there was a, uh, a playback happening on my TV, and it was a, a basketball game where the Rockets were playing a team. And my kids were like, the Rockets are playing, the Rockets are playing. They know I love the Rockets. And, and the Rockets, the score wasn't good. It wasn't good. They were, they were losing pretty bad. And they said, oh, man, we're losing again. Because last year was awful. We're a Rockets fan. You know what I'm talking about. It was an awful day. We just, we just struggled over and over again trying to have victories. And maybe you know what that's like in your life. You don't have victories that often. The Rockets were struggling. They didn't have very many victories. And they said, let's change it. So what do you mean, let's change it? Let's change the channel, Dad, because, listen, they're losing. Why are we going to watch a game where they're losing? I said, baby, let me tell you something about this game. The reason they're replaying it is because they win. What? What do you mean? I said, oh no, I can I just looked up the score and we have a great comeback. The Rockets come back after being down 18 and they beat one of the best teams in the league when it didn't look like it could happen, when the numbers were too great. So guess what? We sat there and watched the game. And every single time that there was a turnover or a missed shot, no one hung their, hung their heads. No one got disappointed. You want to know why? Because we knew the score. Because we knew how it was going to end. We knew that no matter how many times they dropped the ball, missed shots, we still win this game. We understand that victory is coming. Listen, I wonder how hard you would fight. I wonder how you would look every day in your life if you really believe that there is victory already set before you. I wonder what you would do if you knew that God has already given the victory for your family, for your relationships, for your marriage, for your children, for the strongholds, the things that you're trying to get past. I wonder how hard you would fight. I wonder if you'd have a little bit more joy if you knew. Mm -mm, doesn't matter. We're going to win this fight. Let me tell you something. You know the score. You know that you serve a God that never fails. You know you serve a God that when you call, the Bible says, he answers. You know you serve a God, the Bible says, that whenever you are brokenhearted, he gets even closer. There is nothing in front of you that you can't handle. The Bible says that there is a score that's already been set up, and we win. And we win because the Bible says that God's plans for us are good. God's plan for us is good. You need to hear that. It's a good plan. So it doesn't matter what comes your way. It doesn't matter if something fumbles. It doesn't matter if you miss a shot or two. Victory is still in hand. You can put your hands together, you can clap. Good. I have given it into their hands. I'll try to make this quick right here so we can wrap this up. The men of Judah then said to the Simeonites, their fellow Israelites come up with us into the territory that's been allotted to us to fight against the Canaanites. We, in turn, will go with you into yours. 
So the Simeonites went with them. Listen, let me tell you one thing you need in this fight. You need a family. The Simeonites were neighbors. They all lived in Israel, but they're all from the tribe of Simeon. They're all brothers, they're all cousins, they're all family. And it's in these moments, if you're trying to fight alone, good luck. So many of you are wondering why things don't seem to work out the way you want them to work out. Do you have family? And I'm not just, just talking about blood family, I'm talking spiritual family. Listen, family that will fight with you. Family that will pray with you. Family that will fast with you. Family that will get in their cars and come late at night and come encourage you. Families that will fight with you in the middle of the war. They said to their brothers, come up with us. Listen, you need to learn to do life with others. Learn to do life with others. Quit doing life alone in your home, closing your garage, never talking to anybody and wondering why victory seems so far off. You need community. You need people. You need brothers and sisters who are willing to fight with you, fight for you. And if there's one thing we're going to build here is a family. That's what we want in this church, a family. We're going to fight together. We're going to fight for each other, side by side. The Bible says that the Simeonites were with them, and I love this. It says, when Judah attacked, the Lord gave the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hands. And they struck down 10,000 men. I want you to notice the cause and effect here. It says, when Judah attacked, the Lord gave. When Judah attacked, the Lord gave. I need to repeat that one more time so that you understand that sometimes victory has to be fought for. When Judah attacked, the Lord gave. Sometimes you got to fight for it. Sometimes victory is determining whether or not you're going to fight or not. It says when Judah attacked, not thought about it, not made plans, not wrote in their journal about it, not asked a Twitter poll or an Instagram poll about it. When they attacked, when they attacked, the Lord gave. And I think the Lord is trying to give us something and he's waiting for us to get on the attack. He's waiting for us to quit being so timid. He's waiting for us to stop, stop holding back and stop, stop sitting back in our chairs and getting comfortable, but putting on our armor and standing on the front line, waiting to attack what's coming against us, taking an offensive approach instead of such a defensive approach. What if God wants you to attack the things that are coming against your family and to pray against it and to fast against it and to seek counsel for it and to pray over your children and to pray over your family? That's attacking. What if God is asking you and telling you you would have this victory if you would just attack. I would hand it to you if you would just attack. Listen, whatever it is that you're fighting against, whatever Canaanite, Parasite, you fill in the blank. Whatever it is that is stopping you from accomplishing what God wants you to accomplish, you need to fight it. It says, when Judah attacked, the Lord gave Simple math. I'm terrible at math. It's okay. I, I don't need math when I'm here preaching. But I can tell you this. He's saying, if you want God to give it, you got to face it. 
If you want God to give it, you've got to learn to face it. God won't give you what you're not willing to face. God won't give you what, if you're not willing to get, they have to get up and strap up and get on that line and march and take those steps. God will not give you what you're not willing to face. And so much of our pursuit, so much of what God wants to do for us is determined by our pursuit. You will not possess what you're not willing to pursue. So how long are you going to wait? How long are you going to wait until you get into a small group? How long are you going to wait until you stop serving? How long are you going to wait until you see a counselor? How long are you going to wait until you pray for your kids? How long are you going to wait until you put down those vices? How long are you going to wait until you start taking steps in healthy directions? How long are you going to wait? Because sometimes you got to fight. And it's up to us to start fighting no matter what happens, what comes in our way, no matter what we're losing, no matter how much stress we're facing, we